0: Hello and welcome back to Podcast Interference with me, Connor Booth. I'm joined as ever by my faithful compadre, Mr. Jack Dixon. How how do we find you today, Jack? I'm very good, mate. Yeah, buzzing for this episode. How are you? I'm not so bad, thank you. We are joined by a very special guest. We have Rohan with us today. How are you, Rohan?
1: Very well, thank you, mate.
0: And Rohan has joined us because he is an absolute expert when it comes to college football, Jack and I uh, are not nearly as into it as Rohan is, though we, we hope to be in the near future. Uh, so, so Rohan's here to kind of put us straight and, and tell us how everything's going to work. So Rohan, just to, just to introduce yourself, what, how did you get into the NFL?
1: So I first got into the NFL, um, the, f- the first game I ever saw was the Super Bowl 48, um, where, yeah, sorry Jack, the Denver Broncos got destroyed by the <laughs> Seattle Seahawks. Um, that was the first game I, I saw, and I won't lie, to be honest, when I... Did watch it. I had no idea what was going on. <laughs> I found it very boring, to be perfectly honest, as well. <laughs> uh, but as I, you know, got to know the sport a bit better, um, you know, I had friends at uh, university who, who knew a lot more about it than I did. Um, you know, taught me the rules and the way things work. Um, and then from there, it just kind of grew. Really, I obviously spent a year at the University of Florida as part of my university degree, so I got to watch. Uh, you know, kind of immerse myself in the college experience. You know, at a Division One school in the SEC, and you know, watching the games live, which was absolutely fantastic. From there, kind of got more into into the NFL, I suppose, and started supporting the uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers.
0: Yeah, we uh, we've mentioned your your love of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers once or twice before, <laughs> and we've we've used you and your team as case studies as well due to your fandom. That's comment last week, I think it was.
1: Yeah, maybe so. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: no offense intended, of course. The the Buccaneers obviously are currently the world champions, so you know you're back in the right team. Um, Absolutely. So so interestingly, you kind of came to the NFL uh, from. From the opposite way that that I guess Jack and I did, in that you know we we started off as as fans of the NFL, and now we're looking to get into the the sort of college, the world of college football as well. Whereas you came into the NFL from college football, so I guess you had a grounding in the game from a different perspective, which is which is quite unique.
1: Yeah, I mean, I got to you know, I got to obviously especially with Florida, you know, I got to know a lot of the players, um, you know, and I kind of learned the positions and so on, I suppose, through watching and. Being a fan of, of Florida um, and then obviously understanding you know, how everything works with the, the SEC overall and then from there you know with the draft how the players go from college to you know different NFL teams and so on and how the you know, draft process works with it being very different to you know sports over here so it's, yeah it's really kind of flourished from that understanding of how things work at college level um, you know I know that there's some slight differences in the rules but for the most part they're you know extremely similar obviously um and, and yeah it's really kind of grown from there for me really
0: yeah it's it's very interesting it's good that you bring up the kind of difference between sport over here and and, and obviously the american sport as well because i guess for us we, we obviously have big football teams over here soccer teams that, that have their own academies and, and players rise up through those academies and then grow on to be fantastic players but it's kind of homegrown talent whereas over there you don't you know you don't have a have an academy necessarily for like the, yeah. the san francisco 49ers who then reap the rewards of having an academy they have to cherry pick from the best colleges and thus the college program has become much more uh, more important to take note of i guess uh, from that kind of perspective
1: yeah absolutely I think it's a much kind of i suppose much fairer process really because it's not yeah. just about who's you know which of the NFL teams has got the most money to buy the best players you know it's it's done on a as you know on a you know a basis of who did worst you know, the previous season, and then through to who ended up as the, you know, the Super Bowl Champions. So it just kind of keeps things as, as fair as possible. There obviously are some, you know, some colleges that are known for being better than others. I mean, Alabama comes to mind, yeah, <laughs> you know, as yeah. the, you know, top college, and, you know, Nick Saban's been there for, for a number of years now, and he's just developed a complete complete dynasty there um, that is, is going to be hard to to defeat, to be perfectly honest, (laughs) moving forwards, you know, that year after year, um, you know, they do attract the best, you know, high school prospects, Um, you know, it's similar with some of the other, um, you know, SEC and some of the Big Ten schools as well, you know, that they really do attract some of the top, top talent, uh, which is why you see kind of Alabama and Florida and and some of the other SEC teams with the highest number of of draft picks, um, you know, compared to other colleges. BYU, for example, just because of Zach Wilson this year, you know you don't hear about them quite as much. Yeah. Um, but you know, I just think the whole process works on a much more, a much fairer basis, I suppose, and it's not just all about who's got the most money to, to pay the best players, really.
0: Yeah, I think I think it does definitely sets up the the game for, as you say, it is much fairer, and it, it's nice that, that that can be the case because obviously the worse your team does, the higher their draft pick is, and it it means yeah. that even though you're going to get some dynasties like obviously the Patriots are probably the, the greatest example of a dynasty in modern times for sure um, but like their, their dynasty their time is is arguably coming to an end now uh, and the reason for that I guess yeah. is because there's new talent coming in from from drafts uh, you know you, hmm. you have teams like the Kansas City Chiefs choosing Patrick Mahomes and and landing on a fantastic franchise quarterback which you know, if, if they if they were a, a team that wasn't doing as well, it would be so much harder for them to climb the ranks, which I guess is is kind of the problem with English football is that you have the big six in in England who kind of retain that just due to the fact that they have all the money yeah. to spend on all the players. It's 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 a much different yeah. it's a much different landscape, and it means you can support a team. And although the Vikings have never won yet, uh, there is always hope that (laughs) there is always hope that they might win a Super Bowl because, you know, it's quite a level playing field from a perspective of of choosing people. So I completely get your point there. And and I think that's one of the things that I've grown to love about the game. I don't know if you agree, Jack.
2: Oh, yeah, completely. I think a perfect example is um, like Rohan mentioned, obviously, then we got battered in that Super Bowl but if you looked at the top two picks of a couple of years before when we took Von Miller and then the Panthers took Cam Newton you know that was two teams doing very badly and then Super Bowl 50 they met in the final so i think that's a perfect example yeah. of how how fair the system is and how it can turn around for what would look like a fairly bad team yeah
1: yeah i think if you look at like the cleveland browns as well an example, yep. you know, they were the laughing stock of the league <laughs> to be perfectly <laughs> honest for, <laughs> for decades, for so long. yeah. <laughs> and then I think it was 2017, 2018, those two years they had. Uh, I know they had first overall pick in 2017, and I think they had first and fourth in 2018. Yeah, and now they're you know in the playoffs last year, um, and yep. slated to do quite well again this year as well. So I think it just shows how, how things do change, um, and, and how fair the, the system is really with the draft
0: yeah and it gives play, it gives you a chance to really invest in in particular players and build your team around those players because obviously Baker Mayfield has been a has been a great addition to to the Browns offense especially and and the team is starting to kind of grow around him a little bit he is he is growing i think as a player i'm very i'm very high on baker mainly because i've drafted him <laughs> but bet also you are. <laughs> also because also because i want him to do well I, I quite like him he he's kind of he's entered this team that is an underdog and and with his with his help, you know they are rising to be one of the one of the better teams in the NFL, and it, it's good to see yeah. that that happens. One yeah. can only hope that it happens for the Jets, um, but we'll see what happens there. So, well, yeah, <laughs> hope it does for my sake. Is that Wilson? <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, true. What do you just before we dive into the into the rest of the episode? How important do you think it is to draft a, a solid franchise quarterback? Do you think that position is the position for teams to target if they are, you know, y- your Browns a few years ago or your Jets now. Do you think the quarterback is is the position that you need to really fill in order to fill, te- fill the spaces around it or would you say there are other positions within a team that are equally as vital? And that's open to either of you to, to answer. Yeah, I think
2: I think the quarterback in the modern days is definitely the most important position. You usually don't win a Super Bowl with a bad quarterback. Um, I mean Thinking through history, I think the Baltimore Ravens won one with like Trent Dilfer, I think it was. He wasn't very good, and that had quite a great year apart from the Super Bowl win. But in today's game, if you look at the the top level of quarterbacks, your Mahomes, as your Aaron Rodgers, you need to draft a solid quarterback and build everything else after that. I think.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. I think if you look at someone like Patrick Mahomes uh, and the impact he's had on you know the Chiefs, not only in building a team around him but also attracting other players to the team you know if yeah. other players contracts come to an end and so on um, you know even trades uh, and that side of things as well you know they're a much more appealing team to go to because they've got a good quarterback that's capable of throwing and running um, and I know obviously a similar scenario with Tom Brady coming to the Buccaneers you know I know he's not yeah. in his uh, younger years anymore <laughs> but um, you know he's, he's obviously attracted a lot of uh, interest to the Buccaneers you know since he's joined you know Gronk's come back out of retirement to join him you know Leonard Fournette um, there was a whole, whole host of players that have uh, you know been a- attracted to the books because of the quarterback situation and I think moving forwards with the, the younger quarterbacks that come out of college like Patrick Mahomes I think if they can really establish themselves as a franchise quarterback it's going to do the world of good for the franchise overall for the you know, next couple of decades, in terms of attracting other, you know, top quality players to the to the team as well.
0: I guess Trevor Lawrence has that kind of uh, that quality about him that would potentially yeah. attract yeah. people, especially as as a player so young. He is, Lord is, as a generational talent. So I think people people will now look at the Jags with more fondness, perhaps, than maybe they did when it was mm. Gardner Minshew at the helm. As much as <laughs> as much as many people might love uh, Minshew, I, I do feel like the The name Trevor Lawrence does seem to have a, a certain resonance with a lot of people when you mention it.
2: Yeah, Absolutely. completely I agree. Mean, his,
1: his record at college and high school, you know, the, the amount of games he's won, I think it's only five games he's lost, if I remember rightly. Crazy. And I think yeah. that those stats, it just proves what a winner he is. And, and you know, people want to play with quarterbacks that are going to win (laughs) you know not James Winston for example who's throwing 30 odd interceptions (laughs) so I think it is you know very important I think Trevor Lawrence is a a perfect example of that
0: that's excellent I think that brings us quite nicely onto the topic of of the podcast for today which is the 2022 draft and we're we're doing a little bit of a forecast to see who we think might might rise over the next year over the course of the next year to become uh, good high quality picks four teams who are entering the 2022 draft obviously we've got a year's worth of of games and time ahead of us so things in the NFL and in college football always do change but it'll be interesting to look back on this episode I guess in a year's time and see how how accurate our <laughs> rankings were so given we were talking a lot about uh quarterbacks there I think we should probably start with our top three quarterback prospects uh Jack do you want to kick us off
2: yeah, of course. So yeah, looking ahead to 2022, uh, I've got Sam Howell from UNC as my top prospect. I must admit it was close between one and two, um, but the fact that he's had two very solid years with you know 30 plus touchdowns each year, he improved his accuracy from year one to two. He's who I think will go highest, and that he's who I'd take highest from a dynasty draft perspective as well.
0: Oh, okay, excellent. Sam Howell. So he's he's not my first pick, but Rohan, we'll, we'll, we'll go to you for your number one quarterback from this
1: 2022 crop. Yeah, I completely agree with Jack there. I would Sam Howell down uh, as my QB1. I mean, I think it's worth mentioning as well, however, I think the, as things stand at the moment, at least, I think the, you know, the quarterback class for 2022 isn't that great. Especially compared yep, to last year. I know obviously Trevor Lawrence was always gonna be a star <laughs> you know, all the way through college for for his draft. But um, you know, I think compared to the last few years it's it's certainly not one of the better classes. Uh, which is another reason why I, you know, took like Wilson with my second first round pick for Dynasty last year, rather than going for a running back, for example, because the running mm-hmm. back class this year is much stronger than last year, in my opinion. But yeah, I agree with Sam, uh, agree with Jack, sorry, that Sam Howell is, is uh, you know, my quarterback one. You know, he had uh, 38 touchdowns in his freshman season, 30 touchdowns last year. Uh, he's been fairly consistent with <laughs> interceptions as well, with seven apiece, um, you know, each of his first two years. Any, you know, he had a monster game in week eight last year, uh, throwing for six touchdowns and 550 yards. So, you know, he's certainly capable of, um, you know, showing up in a big game. And, and, and out of the, the choice of quarterbacks, he's uh, yeah, he's my QB one as well. Hmm.
0: Okay, so so he's my QB two. I went for Spencer Rattler as my QB one. Do either of you have him on your top three? Is he your second choice?
2: He's my second he's also my second as well.
0: Okay, so that's that's interesting. So I think I quite like his mobility. I think that's what that's what sells sells me on him as a as a mm-hmm. fantasy quarterback, not necessarily as a an NFL quarterback. Which again, I guess going back to the trade, early, well, I, I traded for Jalen Hurts um, with with Kieran in our league, and 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 the reason I did that was a similar thing is that I think the rushing aspect of of quarterback plays is so huge in in fantasy it might not be as important i guess in in the actual game because it's risky and and it's not necessarily going to get you what you need but you get points for those uh, for those rushes so I, I quite like his mobility and he's just such a prolific passer as well like he 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 passed you know he was ranking up there with the other top quarterbacks in, in 2020 and he's got another whole year um to to kind of go ahead I, th- I think he's got another year ahead of him to to keep improving in that aspect, and obviously he's 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 at Alabama, which which as Rohan uh, has mentioned is you know it's it's such a such a crucial uh, place for for players to go and learn. So I, I quite liked him. I I, th- I think he's I think he's my QB number one just ba- sort of basis based on that that assessment. Um, mm. I guess I guess I I did choose Howell as my as my QB two. So I do I do rate them both highly. I yeah. just I just feel like from, from what I was reading in the research that I've done this past couple of weeks, Rattler's name has, has appeared a lot and I, I do think that, you know, he might he might end up being the QB one of the class next year, but I guess uh, time will tell. So I guess we've all we've all kind of by virtue of, of putting up those two names, we've we've mentioned our Q B ones and Q B twos. Um, is there anything else to say on Rattler from either of you two or would you kind of agree with my assessment there?
2: Yeah, I think like you said, I think it was it was tough for me to put Howell first, but I just watching a few of the tapes, I just I just prefer, I don't know he passes the eye test a little bit more for me, but it was tough to put someone on top who is not mobile at all. I will admit, but I just I, I prefer him as a passer. But we'll see. Like you said, we'll see what happens. Another year under their belts, and maybe my opinion will change.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think with Spencer Rattler as well. You know, as you say, he's had a good twenty twenty through twenty eight touchdowns last year. You know, i think if he can build on that you know in in 2021 um you know increase mm-hmm. the touchdowns hopefully and you know obviously <laughs> reduce interceptions if possible you got 7 as well um so you know if he can build on that it could be yeah either definitely one or two i would say in the in the 2022 draft
0: yeah i just i just think his mobility just was a, a little bit better than than uh, Than Howells yeah. for me, which which is which is why I like him. I don't think he's going to necessarily He's not going to be a Lamar Jackson by any means. Um, he's I don't, no. I don't think he's fast enough or athletic enough to do that. But I just think he's. But it's he's, an option. Yeah, that's it. That's yeah, it. Yeah. It's it's I one of that. those. He has it in his locker if he needs it. He can't rely on it because I don't think he's he's fast enough. But it's just having that as a another thing for a defence to mm-hmm. think about that, that just yeah. puts him up, whereas I, f- I feel like Howell is going to have to rely on a very good O-line. If he mm-hmm. has one, I think he's going to be incredible, don't get me wrong. So we'll move on to our QB3 and we'll see if we all get this one the same. Uh, Jack, I guess you, you can start here.
2: Yeah, so I've got um, Keedon Slovis as my QB3. Um, I will admit he did have a bit of a regression last season, dropping from 30 touchdowns to 17, partly due to a little bit of an injury towards the end of the season. Um, but I think if he has a good year this year he's very accurate, he completes around 70% of his passes which is obviously massive amount even in the NFL so if he can translate that and have a good year this year coming back from the injury I
0: think he would certainly be my, my third off the board Interesting and Rohan who's your third quarterback?
1: Uh, again I'm in agreement there with Jack had uh, Keaton Slovis from uh, USC Trojans um, yeah I agree completely, You know, he threw 30 touchdowns in his, his first season you know, in his freshman year, um, just over three and a half thousand yards, and then yeah, down to just over 1,900 yards last year with 17 touchdowns. He has had nine and seven interceptions uh, over the last two years as well. So, I mean, 16 interceptions over the last two years is a you know a bit of a concern that I'm sure he will be you know wanting to to fix in in 2021. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think if he can get back to the sort of numbers he was looking at in his freshman year. Know, we'll look at around the thirty touchdown mark and reducing those interceptions. I think yeah, he could easily be you know top three um, QB for the the twenty twenty two draft.
0: Okay, so you two both go for the same. I once again go for a different one. <laughs> um, oh, interesting. So my QB three is Malik Willis. Um, yep. So as I as I was looking into him, he just he just seems like. Uh, I'm not sure how to describe him. The ideal modern uh, QB, I guess. In that again, I'm looking at I'm looking at his legs and his ability to run. Um, I think he got 944 rushing yards last year, which which is you know you're almost hitting that thousand thousand yard mark there, which is incredible. And that paired with 2,250 uh, sort of uh, yards in the air is he, he seems mm-hmm. pretty good. Um, you know, 20 touchdowns. Uh, passing touchdowns, I think he got 14 rushing touchdowns, he just seems like a fantasy dream to me and he's also got a fantastic arm and he can throw it a long way, so those, those very basic but uh, very cu- crucial different things, uh, I think make him my ideal QB3 so I will, I'll be watching his career with great interest Did either of you two have him on your radar or was, was he...
2: Yeah he was um... yeah he was fourth for me, oh, okay. he missed the cut
0: just
1: yeah, same. A little
0: bit further down for me. Ah, okay. So interesting. It seems like you two are both on the on the same wavelength, whereas <laughs> I am miles off. So <laughs> we will see what happens next year. Um, with that in mind, we've gone through our top three quarterbacks. So let's move on to mm-hmm. running backs.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'll we'll kick it off. Um, my number one running back in the class would be Brees Hall from Iowa. Had a bit of a mental year last year. Twenty-one touchdowns, fifteen seventy-two yards he's also got 46 catches over the last two years which is a good sign um same offense as david montgomery was in um and a lot of people are saying he's executed it better which is interesting wow. to hear
0: okay
2: um so yeah for for that reason and the production last year alone he's my number 1 Fantastic,
0: good summary, uh, Rohan. Do you agree, or have you got a different? I do.
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Again, got Brees Hall as number one. Um, yeah, twenty-one touchdowns and two receiving. Tu- sorry, twenty-one rushing touchdowns and two receiving touchdowns last year. Um, and then he had nine in his freshman season, so that you know big boost up from from year one. Um, if we can replicate that again in in twenty twenty one, I certainly think he'll be definitely the RB one for for twenty twenty two draft. Even in high school, he was, he was fantastic. He rushed for over 2,000 yards and scored over 36 touchdowns during his time at high school. Oh, yeah. And God. he was yeah, considered one of the, the best backs in the, in the country going into college. Um, and yeah, I've noted as well, obviously coming from the same um, you know, college as, uh, as David Montgomery, he's uh, yeah, not in bad company there at all.
0: Fantastic. So I guess it's my turn to choose my RB1, and you'll both be very surprised to hear that I agree with you um <laughs> oh, <good. laughs> so, so there's there's not much more to say on that. i think you've both fully covered everything that, that i would i would have said as well so we'll move on to our r b two jack
2: yeah um, i've got um isaiah spiller uh, texas a and m um, again pretty solid year last year um over a thousand yards nine touchdowns um, he's pretty big as well which I like he's 6'1", 225 so he can just run through tackles and again 49 catches over 2 years which I do like being in a PPR league uh, so yeah I think he's comfortably my second choice just behind Hall. Excellent, Rohan?
1: Yeah I did have Isaiah Spiller on my list but it was a little bit further down so I went with uh, Kevin Harris at uh, number 2 uh, from South Carolina uh, he, rushed, he rushed for um, 1,138 yards last season uh, got 15 touchdowns and 21 receptions, uh, despite South Carolina being utterly dreadful <laughs> last season with a 2-8 with a and eight record. Um, you know, Harris himself had a, a quality season. Again, he had a monster game against uh, Ole Miss last year, uh, rushing for 243 yards and five touchdowns. You know, that's a third of his touchdown total coming in one game. <laughs> so he certainly, uh, you know, certainly had a good few games last season. And I think, again, if he can build on that and, you know, Get double figures in terms of touchdowns again and, and over a thousand yards, I think he'll definitely be in that kind of top three, um top three running backs for twenty twenty. Twenty twenty two, sorry.
0: Interesting. So I am on the side of Oh Jack here. I also oh, chose okay. Spiller. Um for similar reasons, uh, as as you say, Jack, he's he's a he's a big guy, um, <laughs> six one um, and two two five. So yeah, I just I just like I just like his power. I just think he, he seems like a, a true workhorse, and he's gonna he's gonna just weather the storm of, of defenders and, mm-hmm. and do what he needs to do to get through them. So I, I just I enjoyed watching uh, watching the clips of him actually. Just he, he just looked. You can tell you can tell he enjoys the game. I think when he plays as well. There's like a there's like a it's a pleasure to watch him and I think that that spills from his passion for the game which I suppose is true for for almost all these players because they they play at such a high caliber but I just really enjoyed watching him Um, so yeah he was my he was my RB1 and funnily enough um my sorry, my RB2 and my RB3 was the same as, as Rohan's so I do agree with you both in a top 3 sense um, Jack was your RB3 the same as, no, as, well I, as RB2 I'd, or have you I got a new name to enter into the ring I've got
2: a new one um, I had um, him 4th 3rd um, third. I've got it's a, bit, a little bit of a gamble because again he's coming off an injury but um, I've got CJ Verdil 3rd uh, out of Oregon he had two 1,000 yard seasons to start his career did suffer an injury last year Um, but he's already come out on this this year and said that he basically wants to be the first 2,000-yard rusher Oregon have ever had. Um, He runs angry, 6.2 yards a carry the season before injury as well. Um, A lot of people um, have said that he loves getting hit, which I I quite like in a running back. (laughs) He's just ploughing through tackles, which I quite like. So injury-dependent, he's he's going to be my third choice.
1: Mm, Very good. And Rohan, your third choice? I've got a new name to enter as well, actually. I oh. had uh, Mohamed Ibrahim uh, uh, okay. running back for the uh, Minnesota Golden Gophers. Um, he's actually entering his senior year uh, in 2021. Um, the two of his last three seasons have uh, been over 1,000 yards, um, his freshman and his junior seasons, uh, and he actually got 15 touchdowns last year. His main weakness, nice. for me, however, would be his receiving game. He's not quite up there with the 20-plus kind of receptions, um, you know, some of the other running backs are but i think coming back coming back for his senior season i think that's something he'll be keen to work on um, i know that's one of the reasons why najee harris and travis Etienne last year came back just to improve on the receiving game and i think if uh, you know if ibrahim can do that this year uh, i think as well you know he could certainly be uh, you know a top three uh, running back for, for 2022.
0: excellent so we already know my rb3 um because i i kind of shared my choices between the two of you um, Excellent. So we'll move on to the wide receiver conversation. So who who's your wide receiver number one? We'll start with Rohan this time to mix it up.
1: <laughs> so yeah, there, I mean there were a lot to choose from <laughs> for wide receivers, but uh, in the end I decided to go with David Bell uh, from Purdue. Um, he's had a fantastic couple of uh, you know couple of seasons to, to start his college career. He got seven touchdowns in his freshman season and eight touchdowns last year. Um, he's with Rondale Moore out of the picture as well at Purdue now as well, I think David Bell has got the fantastic opportunity just to kind of take over, um, you know, as, as the clear-cut, you know, wide receiver one for, for Purdue. Um, and I think he's got some, you know, a fantastic opportunity to put up some great numbers. I know he had over a thousand yards in his freshman season. It Took a bit of a dip last year with just over six hundred, but I think if he can get back over a thousand, and you know, look at. Uh, around the 10, if not higher mark, in terms of touchdowns, I think he'll certainly be, again, kind of top three in the uh, 2022 draft.
0: Interesting. And Jack? Um, I've got Chris
2: Olave, Ohio State, as my top one. He's had three years, so this would be his senior year again, Um, and he has had decent production the last two years, Um, with nearly 100 catches, 1,400 yards, and over 20 total touchdowns. Uh, he was a big reason the Buckeyes did so well last year um, and just watching the tape I just like the explosiveness so he's my number one interesting very
0: good Rohan, you're number two
1: so for number two I went with John Metchie wide receiver out of Alabama um, he had six touchdowns last year which I know isn't overly impressive uh, he had just under a thousand uh, receiving yards I think this year, however, for him will be uh, kind of a breakout year, I think with um, you know Najee Harris, who's one of the main was one of the main offensive weapons last year, along with Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddle, with those three out of the picture, I think it's it's John Metchie's year this year. Um, I think he's got a fantastic opportunity to to put, you know, over a thousand yards, double digit touchdowns, uh, and I think as I mentioned already in a Nick Saban offence as the main receiver, if he can replicate what Smith did last year, or even um, you know Rugs the year before. You know, I think he'll be in a fantastic position to be one of the top receivers off the board in in twenty twenty
0: two. Very good. I've just realised I didn't give you my wide receiver number one, did I? Um, <laughs> 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 so I will I will do that. Uh, my wide receiver number one was George Pickens. Now he's had unfortunately oh, okay. a torn ACL, um, yeah. Which, yeah. which which. Happened in March, which is very sad. Um, so he's going to be a bit of a wild card, I think, because we're not going to see any mm. any of his action this year. But from what I did see of him before his his, his accident, I, th- I think he just he looks incredible. He looked great when it came to contested catches, which I think is so important for the NFL, especially when you're playing against good defenses. And he, you know he's he's got mm. the size. He's got, he's got the size, and he's he's got great hands too. To boot, so I think his his ability just seems seems incredible to me. I, I really liked what I saw, but I, I kind of yeah. like a part of me likes him as a as a bit of a as I say as a wild card. So I, I'm maybe I'm wrong choosing him as wide receiver number one, but he just seems like the kind of guy that's going to slip under the radar from this point on. So I kind of want to keep an eye on him uh, when everyone else forgets, obviously, because he's not going to be doing very much this year to see how how he kind of comes back. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if he'll enter the draft um, necessarily with with an injury like that, but I imagine he would do. So he's he's my very risky gamble, wide receiver number one. I suppose
2: <laughs> I uh, I'd put him third, if that makes any difference. Oh, as well. Okay. So for, the so, same, yeah, for the same reason. For the same reason, because I, like I said, watching the tape, I really like what I saw. But yeah, obviously that ACL injury is a bit of a question mark. So I, I'm in the same boat. I'm gonna see how he goes. If he gets any playing time, great. Yeah. Um. But when he does plays, yeah, I
0: really like what I saw. That's very good. I feel a little bit less like an idiot for <laughs> saying that. There. I completely
1: agree as well. <laughs> just, to, just to let you know, he's it's, it's one of the uh, one of the names that I had, um, or one of the names I've been watching, you know, for the last couple of seasons. And it's gutting, obviously, for him to, to tear his ACL when he did. Um, but he's certainly one to watch for the future. As you say, whether he will come back for his senior year or whether he will declare early off the back of a. Not playing much in 2020, yeah. uh, 2021. Um, you know, he's, he's definitely up there, and he, I think, I had him fourth on mine just because of the injury, just dropped out of the top three.
0: Yeah, okay, right, uh, good. I'm glad. Well, <laughs> thanks, guys. Um, happier now. So, Jack, your what did you did you did we get to your wide receiver number two, or did I railroad by forgetting my wide receiver number No, no,
2: yeah, <laughs> I am um, my wide receiver two was uh Justin Ross Clemson, he did have a fantastic 2019s. Season forty six catches a thousand yards, so he was over twenty a catch, which I like. Over twenty yards a catch, nine touchdowns. Had a bit of a down tick um, last year. Actually had more receptions but less yards, but still found the end zone eight times. Um, but I do like the fact that he's six four. Um, so he does have he's just massive. Um, bringing those catches down. Watching the highlights is quite quite a spectacle. So he's going to be my number two because I think he'll have a, a pretty solid
0: year this year fantastic interesting he was my number 3 as it happens oh, okay. cool. so yeah my wide receiver number 2 was, was Garrett Wilson uh, from Ohio State he just seems uh, he just seems explosive uh, quite frankly he seems he seems very fast which is what you need to uh, you know to get Everyone past the defense speed. and you know you want those players who can <laughs> hit a run don't you? you you want the ones who you know they just beat the they beat the defense and then they're off and he seems to fulfill that role really well um so yeah i think ba- based mainly upon that I-, I just think he's gonna he's gonna come into the nfl and be very very useful uh for teams who need that cheetah um so yeah, yeah he was we'll a
1: five-star recruit out of, uh, out of texas called uh, texas um, austin texas high school as well so he was one of the, the top recruits in his uh, recruiting class coming into college and i think he's just cemented that whilst being at ohio state obviously i've been Justin Fields last year certainly helped him yeah. uh, <laughs> you know, put some <laughs> good numbers um, and I mean the numbers he did put up last year were based on a shortened season as well so if he'd have had a full season I'm sure he'd have surpassed you know, 1,000 receiving yards as well
0: Yeah, fantastic um, So finally wide receiver number three conversation
1: Yeah, so I went with Traylon Burks uh, for my wide receiver three out of Arkansas um, He put up 820 uh, yards last season from 51 receptions um, seven touchdowns. Um, he's heading into his junior year, um, so I'm sure he will, you know, declare for the draft at the end of this season. Um, again, he, he just shows, you know, fantastic ability. Um, you know, he makes insane catches from the the highlight reels I've seen. Um, he's he's also, again, going to be the clear-cut wide receiver one this season for Arkansas. The opposite wide receiver, Mike Woods. Um, he's actually transferring over to Oklahoma, so he's leaving Burks to be the main guy mm-hmm. in Arkansas by, by quite a long way. Um, and fun fact as well with uh, with Burks, his hands are so huge, they have to have size 5 XL gloves, <laughs> an order <them> in special <laughs> for Lord. him. Good So, if he can't catch a ball, I don't know, who can <laughs> 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 Wow.
0: <laughs> Jack?
2: Yeah like, yeah, like I said, it was George Pickens for me in, in third. Um, ACL dependent, but I'm going to be keeping an eye on him because... From what I've seen, he's just he's just an explosive player. Great hands, good after the catch. So I'm I'm hoping he comes back strong.
0: Yeah, definitely. Excellent. So I've already discussed um, my wide receiver three. So we'll move on to tight ends. So I flunked out here, and I've only chosen one tight end. But you guys <laughs> you guys have I... done your homework, and you've got three. So so let's uh, let's see what you've got.
2: Uh, yeah, I'll I'll go first. Um, mine was uh, my number one was Jalen uh Texas A and M. I saw one comment that just described him as a big wide receiver. You know, He's, he's 6'5", 265, but does have really good hands. Um, obviously, last season was a bit of a, a weird one because everyone got outshined by Kyle Pitts, but he did have 46 catches, 500 yards, and got in the end zone six times, which I, I quite liked. But yeah, just watching him, he's just absolutely massive, but does have great hands, so he was, he was my number one.
0: I'm imagining we all have the same number one, as he is also mine, but... He's Rahan, you might man. you might surprise us. Yeah. I think no, he's... it's also
1: mine. I mean it was gonna be difficult to, you know, overpower Kyle Pitts from <laughs> from last year, but uh, yeah, yeah Jalen Wademeyer is, is by far this season, um, you know, my number one choice for, for tight end.
0: Okay, I will allow you to carry on onto your number two tight end yeah, conversation. I had,
2: <laughs> I had uh, Charlie Collar out of I Iowa State as my second tight end. Main reason for that was just he gets in the end zone all that. A lot 17 career touchdowns, um, I believe, puts him at the top of what would be the 2022 class. Um, And from from a fantasy perspective, you you want a tight end who can get in the end zone. Yeah,
1: absolutely. I had had Charlie Kolar as well. Um, Yeah, seven touchdowns in each of his last two seasons, just under 700 yards in his sophomore year, and just under 600 last year. And yeah, I think if he can keep those touchdown numbers up, um, even increase the you know, reception yardage and so on, you know, I think he'll definitely be, I would think, tight end number two on the uh, the 2022 board.
0: Fantastic. And we'll move on to tight end number
2: three. Yeah, um, number three, um, there, was, there was a few to choose from. I ended up going for Cade Otten out of Washington. Um, more of a blocking tight end last year. His numbers weren't great. 18 catches, 258 and three. Um, but a lot of people think He's better than those numbers, um, and the fact that his blocking is good I think means he'll go fairly highly in the NFL draft. If the catches and the yards improve, then obviously that's good for fantasy as well.
1: Yeah, I went with um, Isaiah Likely out of Coastal Carolina mm-hmm. uh, for my Titan yeah. 3. Um, he's He's been fairly consistent in his first three seasons uh, in college. He's had five touchdowns in each the first three seasons um he had 30 receptions last year for just over 600 yards and i think again if he can build on that um you know that consistency is already there i think if he can just push that a bit further and you know increase the touchdown numbers um you know i th- certainly think he's one of the the top prospects in in 2022
0: fantastic so i guess we'll see what happens in in over the next year and whether we change those rankings next year we'll probably have to get back together again and uh and do this again, uh, just to, just ahead of the uh, our dynasty draft, and maybe just after the NFL draft to see how how anything's changed. I guess there are two huge things to consider here, and that is obviously the year ahead. That is going to make a big difference uh, to a lot of these players. Some will begin to shine more than others, and some will uh, do the opposite. Whereas, I guess the other thing to consider as well is the is the draft itself. Depending on the landing spots for some of these guys, that could uh, add to or, or reduce their values too. So. Yeah, good, good summary. I think from everybody there. So, to round everything out, I guess should we take a look at our uh, anticipated top ten picks for next year's uh, rookie dynasty draft?
2: Yeah, that sounds that sounds good to me. Uh, I guess I'll um, I'll kick things off. And this I tried to be as objective as possible, but this is obviously combined with you know who I think I'll probably take if I have the opportunity. Uh, so my number one would be would be Brees Hall, the running back.
0: Mm, yeah, that I, I guess that makes sense. Running backs have such a high turnover rate as well in, in Dynasty that I guess it, if you've got a high draft pick and you know you're going to get a decent running back, it, it probably makes some sense to, to draft them first. Would you agree with that as the number one pick, Roman? I would, yeah.
1: Yeah, I've got Brees Hall down as, as my number one. Uh, I mean, yeah, just from the, the season he had last year, you know, 21 touchdowns is <laughs> exceptional. Uh, I mean, even I, I think I made a note when I was um, you know just looking at his highlights as well that even... Um, Saquon Barkley in his best college season only got 18 touchdowns so just to put it into perspective having 21 touchdowns if he can replicate that and prove this wasn't just a a one season wonder (laughs) then you know he can cement himself as the you know the top offensive player in the overall NFL draft and and certainly in our dynasty draft as well.
0: I found this one quite hard I think number one overall is such a it's such a, a it's a difficult spot to be in I think because I think as the mm. season goes on it becomes quite clear who should be the f- number one. I think like with Trevor yeah. Lawrence this year, it made sense that, you know, you couldn't really in, choose anyone in, other in, than Trevor very Lawrence. Very obvious one no. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um but I I don't feel the same way about any of the quarterbacks this season. So I don't no. think any of them would be the kind of be that shining beacon of light to to whoever lands on that number mm-hmm. one pick. So I, I'm gonna agree with you guys uh, and go with Brees Hall as well. I think as you say, Ron, That was an interesting fact that comparing him to Saquon Barkley. Actually, I didn't, I didn't know that. But to put that into perspective, uh, in that way and to frame it that way, it kind of shows that wow, this guy is, you know, he's pretty damn good. So yeah. maybe, yeah, maybe he deserves that number one spot. If he's going to produce like Saquon Barkley, then you can't really ask for more from a, a running back, um, excluding last season, of course. Um, so we'll move on to uh, your number two uh, choice.
2: Yeah, um, number well, number two and three, I've both got quarterbacks, so they were my first and second quarterbacks. Uh, so I had Sam Howell in two, and then I've got Rattler in three. Um, on my overall rankings, um, I need a quarterback personally in Dynasty. Um, but like Rohan's point was, I, I I wouldn't if I had the opportunity, I wouldn't take any of them over Brees Hall because I think he will by the end of the year be the number one offensive
0: player interesting choice and Rohan would you agree with that assessment or do you have something slightly different?
1: I, I actually only had one quarterback in my top 10 um, oh, wow. partly oh, partly because I think the as I said earlier you know the quarterback class this year I think is, is much weaker than last year and I think the quality of the wide receiver and running back class kind of overpowers that for my top 10 at least um, obviously I picked up um, Zach Wilson this year and I've got Tom Brady, which, who knows when he's going to retire, so I'm not in any desperate <laughs> rush for a, a quarterback this season, so I actually put Kevin Harris, you know, the running back for South Carolina, mm-hmm. as my number yep. two, and I think with, as you said before, with, with running backs, you know, they are so, you know, kind of so, the right phrase would be, but that you can interchange them a lot, you know, that obviously yep. get injured a lot, you can, you know, there's a lot of ups and downs with running backs compared to other, um, you know, positions, and I think to have that depth, you yeah. know, quality depth in the running back position, um, you know, so I think important. that's something that is yeah, extremely yeah. important. So that's why I put yeah, I had one and two as as two running backs for for me.
0: Mm, very interesting. Um, I went down a similar route to to Jack. I feel like the people who are going to be landing on the sort of second and and third picks are, are probably going to be potentially the the more quarterback ready teams. So I, I went with the same choices but switched round. So I, I obviously feel more strongly that, that Rattler's probably going to pip uh, Howell to the post. So I'd put him at number two. And then tentatively, it was a toss-up for me between um, Sam Howell and Isaiah Spiller at number three. But I, I, I feel like uh, Howell has... He might just have that sort of uh, that little bit of magic that somebody at number three might, might choose over. Um, I feel like finding a quarterback that you can kind of settle on and, and be happy with is, is something that a lot of teams consider mm-hmm. during the first yeah. round. Yeah. Um, running backs, I think, while they're good to be taken in the first round, I do think that sometimes it's it's better to maybe look down the option of trading for one, depending on how you've, how you've mm-hmm. drafted and, and who you've ended up with. Just because you get a better idea, I think, during the season of of, of how they're gonna perform. I guess the same is true for quarterbacks and quarterbacks have that longevity so they, they have you know, you can you can trust that a quarterback will get better in time, um, depending yeah. on how the team feels about the quarterback. Um Sorry, I'm just going off down a down a self down a bit of a waffle here, just thinking about it. I just my mind is constantly ticking over with any trades I could make. So I'm just always, oh, oh Um I think everybody here and everybody who listened to this knows exactly what I'm talking about, though. Just every every evening before I go to sleep, I just look at my team and wonder <laughs> wonder who, be who 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 yeah. could I add to be better. So yeah. Anyway, I will stop waffling and say that at, at number two I had Rattler, and at number three I had Howl. So we'll move on to Rohan. I think you're number three. Um, I think me and Jack have both said ours.
1: Yeah, I had. I moved to wide receiver for number three. So I did have, uh, you know, David Bell at number three. Mm-hmm. Who's my wide receiver one? And I think, again, I think if he can have a solid season, um, you know, and, and put himself in a very strong position to to enter the NFL, I think he'll be a, a top, a top receiver pick certainly within our league. Um, mm. maybe not number three depends what the, the need is for whoever is picking at number three but I certainly think he'll be one of the, the top receivers to go um, you know based on a, a successful season and I think he'll be a, a great addition to whoever takes him basically
0: very good so we'll move on to the fourth overall pick with Jack
2: yeah yeah I had, I had um, similar to your uh, your thing I had um, Isaiah Spiller at four I am I really like taking running backs. I like Rohan said you really need the depth, um, and he just pipped ahead of my wide receiver one at four.
0: Okay, I I will just nip in here and say that I also had Isaiah Spiller at yeah. number four, <laughs> um, Rohan.
1: Uh, number four, I had uh, Muhammad Ibrahim. So back to running backs. Um, again, I think if he can build on, you know, the season he's had, uh, I think he'll be a, a top top ten pick within our draft and again I think having that depth, you know, I always think of especially this season, you know, Christian McCaffrey as one and Saquon Barkley as another. You know, they were top picks in our draft when we first picked the, the dynasty teams and uh-huh. they unfortunately were both basically out for the whole season. <laughs> yeah. You know, they, they unfortunately they were not much used to, to their owners this season. Uh, and it just proves how unpredictable it can be, I suppose. So I think having, you know, running backs Good quality running backs, as, even as if they're backups initially, uh, but just to fill in for any unforeseen injuries. You know, I think it's it's vitally important for the success of your team for the long term, basically.
0: Excellent. Okay, so we'll move on to pick number five.
2: Yep, five for me was uh, was my wide receiver one, Chris O'Leary. Um Like I said, Spiller was just ahead of him for me, just because I I rate running back a little bit more I
1: think this year. Um, but yeah, O'Leary was my wide receiver one, so he's my fifth overall. Okay, okay, Rohan. Yes, yeah, so my fifth. I went back to wide receiver. I went to John Mechie uh, from Alabama. Uh, and, and yeah, I think again for, for depth at receiver as well. You know, they're not you know, they're not going to avoid injuries just as much as, as running backs are, but I think if you can have, you know, depth as well at, uh, at the wide receiver position, then it's going to put anybody in good stead moving forwards.
0: Excellent. Yeah, so I I also switched to wide receiver. I think part of that uh, for the reason, obviously, for the reasons you guys have, have shared, but also looking at the kind of pattern from this year, mm. um, it seems like you get to pick five. I think you were pick five, Jack. Actually, um, I was year. yeah. And it, it it seems like after you get to pick five, you can probably assume that the best running back is off the. You know, the best couple of running backs are off the board, and the best couple of quarterbacks are off the board. But so the I, best receiver. But the yeah. best receiver seems to fall, yeah, around four five. Um, yeah, it's so, to me this year. Exactly. Yeah. So I think that that is kind of five is a nice sweet spot for for somebody who's sort of slipped. They've potentially made playoffs or they've just missed out playoffs, but they get to slip to that perfect little spot where you can get something really special. So I went for George Pickens there, obviously, because I'm uh-huh. hoping that that he is my little magic wild card. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he was he was my number number fifth pick and my number sixth pick, which I'll start is another wide receiver. Um, and I went for Garrett Wilson as my number six. Mm-hmm. So I think that the, the, you're going to have kind of the upper echelon of wide receiver at five, six. And I don't see why people wouldn't be leaning more on those top two breakout wide receivers so that they can get, you know, a, a top two pick essentially from that particular category of player rather than going for like a, you know, running back three or a quarterback three. Yeah, agreed. Uh, so you guys, what was what was your pick, number six?
2: Pick number six, I, right, again, will oh, let you go. Sorry, go on, Jack. <laughs> oh, no, yes, yeah, keep him with receiver, my number two receiver, Justin Ross, um, at six.
1: Yeah, and with uh, Traylon Burks for me. Again, I think, you know, big dominant receiver. You know, he may have a season, he may have a breakout rookie season, like Justin Jefferson, mm-hmm. or no, he may have a quieter season. You know, it's hard to tell at this stage, but I think, you know, Traylon Burks is certainly one that will be picked within our draft, you know, in the top 10 somewhere.
0: So I think after this point, when you get to sort of pick 7, 8, 9, and 10, it's it's kind of, it could be anybody's game at this point. You, yeah. you, you don't really know what's going to happen there. So um, I've, I've kind of, I guess the, the players that I mentioned before are kind of just mixed in there. I don't really have um, have a dedicated 7, 8, and 9 because I'm not, there's there's too mm-hmm. many people to choose from. I think it depends too much on who's drafting at that point. To actually get yep. 7, 8, and 9. Yeah. I don't know if. And 10, obviously. I don't know if you guys have, have actually dedicated uh, those positions to anyone, in which case, feel free to share. But for me, I, I think we're probably looking at at least another quarterback in there and at then, least another running back. But I, I do think the the running backs for me start to, to slope off a little bit at that definitely. point. So I, I'm not sure. I'd maybe guess another two running backs, a quarterback and a, and a wide receiver for me. I don't think we're going to be looking at a tight end. I just don't no. think wide appears. <laughs> not uh, not top 10 <laughs> unless he has a worldie this year yes yeah, so I don't know if you guys yeah. have similar similar thoughts
1: yeah I had, uh, I've got one running back quarterback and two wide receivers so I had Isaiah Spiller um, roughly around numbers again this will obviously change a lot I'm sure before we get there but I had Isaiah Spiller at number 7 followed by Sam Howell at number 8 and then following up with George Pickens and Garrett Wilson at 9 and 10 um, so yeah I think getting the quarterback in i think there will definitely be a quarterback taken uh within our dynasty draft but uh whereabouts again it will depend on the the needs of the team at the time and uh mm. you know other factors i'm sure
2: yeah um same for me i had my my to round out my top 10 i had my qb3 Slovis. um i then had pickings like connor did as well um fingers crossed for the injury uh, then had my RB three, um, who's also coming back from an injury, so fingers crossed on that one. Uh, no tight end, and then I rounded out with um, my wide receiver four, which would have been Garrett Wilson.
0: Interesting. So, yeah, I guess that's our that's our predictions for for next year. So we'll see whether whether we were correct. Um, <laughs> Jack, we were we were pretty bang on with our predictions for uh, for our dynasty this year. So I guess we'll. We'll hope that maybe with <laughs> it. Yeah. a year in advance a is a bit tougher. Ad, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah we, we can only hope that yeah. we're, we're close this time. Although, yeah, we seem to have a similar top five, but but we, yeah, it, it's just so hard to predict after the fifth pick. I think. Yeah, you, like you said, it's a bit of a mess after that. It's uh, the, there. seems to be a bit of a switch. You, you go from team need, mm-hmm. uh, sort of at the lower lower end of the first round yeah. to just Best sort of, of it. quality. Yeah. Uh, at the top end and it's it's I think it's important for players to to consider when they're drafting how useful that player is for their team but also how useful that player is for another team um I think I think trading around at that point is such an important part of, of dynasty especially I know Rohan was at the brunt of of a trade obviously he wanted Kyle Pitts this year which he, he got yeah, but at the cost James of James was
1: pulling on my heartstrings for that one that's so. he certainly <laughs> was um,
0: but that's they're the kind of the, that's the kind of tactic I guess that you need to think about at, at the early stage of the first round hmm. because you might not necessarily need the best quarterback in the draft but if that quarterback is exceptional then it's probably worth grabbing him and seeing if he can trade them off and rookie fever is a thing like people people get obsessed with picks and rookies around yeah. sort of this time a bit earlier than this in the year because it's that potential. It's that, I like to look at them almost like loot crates. You don't entirely know what you're going to get, but you, you, you're you hopeful that they're going to be good. Um, so it's, yeah, there's so much to go go into there. But um, That's the yeah. Thing, I, had,
1: I had my own Kyle Pitts for the last three years at Florida. <laughs> when, we, when, we, when we were doing the dynasty uh, draft to pick our initial teams last year, I purposefully picked Gronk, knowing he was getting towards the end of his... Well, I know he's coming out of retirement, but he's not getting any younger. And then Hayden Hurst, knowing that I would pick Pitts up this year, and then Oof. even I didn't expect him to have the year. Thinking he had. that far in advance. Yeah. Love and it. then when he uh, when it came to pro days and so on, I think you posted something in the group chat, Jack, about how his, yeah. he's his forty time. I was like, please don't post anything. <laughs> 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 don't want everyone else getting and uh, you know getting an idea of what he's like. So, <laughs> but uh, yeah, although I I lost Denzel Mims and had to trade. Up to get him, um, you know, it's definitely worth definitely
0: it. well worth it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I've, I've heard from from rookie camp that um, that Denzel Mims is is training with like the second string wide receivers now. He's not he's not on the first team. Uh, GM's will be pleased practicing with practicing that. Practicing with them. So, <laughs> I guess Rohan, you you dodged a potentially dodged a bullet there. He might not be he might not be particularly worthwhile as a as an asset this year. So, yeah, who knows? I, mean, I know he had
1: a, a troubled first season with. The, you know injuries mm. and so on. So I mean, I was hoping he would pick it up, you know, second season. But to be honest, I don't care now. it's not mine. So <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. So I guess that's uh, that's everything from uh, from the perspective of the 2022 draft. So we'll see see how things go. We'll see where people land. Um, currently within our own dynasty league, Kieran now holds three of the first round picks, which is. A significant, a <laughs> significant amount. So James traded his uh, uh, his first round pick for twenty twenty two to Kieran in exchange for I believe it was the twelfth overall pick in this yeah. draft just gone. And then I've obviously traded my first round pick for for, Hurts. for Jalen Hurts. The reason being, and I, I, and as Kieran pointed out, he he thinks I'm going to do well this year. He who tried the old charm trick. He he went for flattery <laughs> and said that I've got a good chance of winning the championship. So. My first round pick probably isn't going to be worth as much as other people's, and what can I say? Charm works on me, uh, so so I just said, you know what, mate, you're right. I am going to win. <laughs> so we, yeah, so we so we made the trade. So I hope I hope that's right, and I hope I don't absolutely crash and burn and get the first overall pick and watch sadly as Kieran Kieran takes it in exchange for German Um But yeah, it's going to be a pretty strong
1: position really going into to 2022 because. I mean, his team at the moment. I know it's very young, um, and I, I'm sure that will obviously moving forward. So I'm sure that team will grow and progress, and he'll have a you know fantastic base there to to build a team on. But I think going into 2022 with three first rounders, he could effectively take the best player or the best players available to him at each position, just to kind of strengthen and get the depth at those those positions for you mm. know for moving forwards and never know I might pick out a couple of superstars <laughs> in the process
0: well that's it it's 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 a game of luck as well as as well as talent i think you, you can have a yeah. good idea as to who is good but as as we mm-hmm. have learned by discussing our first picks for each position uh, aside from wide receiver seemed pretty similar or our yeah. first two picks but yeah. wide receiver is is i think it's just a mixed bag you, you, you genuine there are a lot of good wide receivers as, as rohan you've said already in this draft class so i think no matter which wide receiver you pick hopefully you'll land on a good one but there's always the chance that they'll bust you know you might get your next you might get a rugs um <laughs> yeah. you, you know you, you might get someone who's hyped to be incredible but they might not be in and, and for quarterbacks as well it must be so hard it's such an adjustment to have the weight of a franchise an nfl franchise on your shoulders it's it, it doesn't matter how talented you are if you can't handle that pressure things yeah, get very, lot. very tricky very quickly so yeah um, so Kieran having three first rounders, you would Im- imagine he's going to get a very good player with at least one of those. Mm. But again, it, it's a game of chance. So, um, so who knows? But he's definitely primed to uh, to land on land on some good ones. So yeah, that's that's everything I think for today. Is there are there any parting words of wisdom or advice uh, from either of you? <laughs>
2: Um, I don't think so, I think it's yeah, it's been an interesting episode, um, nice to see that a lot of our picks were so similar, um, but like you said, I mean, after one season you could have a couple of people that weren't even on our radar break out and we'll just be completely wrong, so I'm interested to see what happens and hopefully I'll be able to watch some more of the college games this year.
0: Yeah, that's definitely on my list, I think, <laughs> is trying to find a, a, a good way of, of being able to watch college football because... Um, it, it, it's definitely appealing to me and I think having switched yeah. to Dynasty recently, uh, the the amount of knowledge you have over rookies it, it is such a crucial part of, of the yeah. game because you need to, it doesn't matter how good your team is now, yes you might win a championship for the next year or two but you need to make sure that you stay at the top of your game and, and the best way to do that is through rookies and, and I guess the better you are the more difficult it is in a way, the, the better your team performs because you have to you have to dive into that murky yeah, uh, water. Yeah, at the lower pit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Whereas when you are higher up it your choices are much easier because you mm-hmm. can you can almost guarantee that you're going to land on somebody who's solid. So it's uh it, it's tricky and I love that about Dynasty. It's the same as, as as Rohan started the episode saying how he thinks that the NFL is fairer than than sports like mm-hmm. uh, football over here. And I feel like Dynasty is similar in that sense in that it is more it is more fair with the way the draft works because it means you can keep yeah. feeding uh, the weaker teams with, with top tier talent and then the stronger teams obviously have to fight harder to, to stay relevant because as their yeah. players age, obviously their team becomes less relevant uh, as time goes by, so it is fantastic.
1: Yeah, I think we've, now we've moved to a linear system as well for the drafting rather than snake system as well. As you mentioned in an earlier episode, You know, I think it just makes things much fairer for Obviously, mm-hmm. Sam this year, for example, who had, who had the yeah. first overall and then back to eleventh, rather than you know waiting until pick twenty for his next one. So yeah. I think having that option for us as well in the dynasty, um, you know, I think it just makes things much fairer and make for a more interesting um, you know few years ahead, really.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think when when we started this league, it was dynasty was so new to us all that, that Snake just seemed like the obvious choice. But when you investigate it further, it, it really isn't. I mean, I would have I would have had. 10th overall pick and then immediately 11th which you know that would have been that would have been crazy i would have probably picked up two fantastic wide receiver prospects that would potentially serve my team for years to come so you have to i think the best advice for any dynasty team is obviously to to go for the the linear uh, meth- methodology just to just to keep that fairness and and mirror the nfl as well there's a reason why they do it too right. um we don't although it's called dynasty uh, or dynasty i guess if you if you were Use the, the more American uh, terminology, uh, which is an American football game. Maybe I should switch my vernacular. Maybe I should start saying dynasty. Um, but if you want to play dynasty, um, you don't necessarily want people to have dynasties unless it's you. So it's it's quite important, I think, to, to obviously keep it fresh and keep it interesting for people because if you are struggling and you need to be able to find a way of, of making your way up there. You have a twofold way of, of strengthening your team. You either trade away your first round pick, knowing that it's going to be high and your opponent knows it's going to be high and thus they'll pay more for it, or you go for the, the rookie talent. Which way to do it? It's up to you. I mean, I, I'm, I'm a bit dubious about picks just because it is a gamble. I would rather have a tried and tested sort of sophomore player who's, who's been in the league for a year. Um, but then, then again, you know, you, the price you pay is higher because they're guaranteed at that point. So it, it's such an interesting way of, way of playing. And once again, I'm off on one of my uh, rambling <laughs> rambling conversations to myself about the joys of Dynasty. But I do apologize. Thank you for thank oh. you for listening. Um, so Rohan, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on board. I'm sure Jack will agree. Um, it's been great to have your insights and. Uh, to to hear your thoughts on how the twenty twenty two draft is going to go, uh, I'm sure. Thank you very much
1: for for having me. Yeah, it's been it's been great. Really enjoyed it. Uh, and I, just to say as well, I've really enjoyed the the first four episodes you both recorded as well. You know, it's been great Thanks. listening to it all, and uh, you know, looking forward to to what's to come moving forward as well.
0: Fantastic. Thank you very much. Um, I'm sure if we extend an invite to you again in the future, you would you would join Jack and I.
1: Absolutely, yeah, jump at the chance.
0: <laughs> Fantastic. So we're we're looking to start recording at least twice a month over the next few months, just to just to get get a few ideas out there. Me and Jack are going to talk about some uh, some running back uh, listings. I think in our next episode, we're going to have a consider consider kind of fantasy prospects for for the year ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe maybe talk through who we think our top ten or top twelve running backs are going into the twenty twenty one season. At a dynasty, uh, sorry, at a fantasy level. We might touch a little bit on on dynasty as well, but that's that's going to be our next episode, and we're going to do the same for obviously wide receiver and tight end, quarterback, and then hopefully before we know it, the the season will actually be here and upon us. At which I can't point, wait. oh, me neither, me neither. <laughs> <laughs> at which point, we'll start recording weekly, and we'll go over how our teams have performed in uh, dynasty as well as uh, how how teams have performed in the NFL in general. And I'm sure on one of those weeks, uh, it'd be good to have you back, Rohan, to maybe uh, maybe discuss a few a few bits and bobs with you. Yeah, um, absolutely. So we'll we'll get that set up. But yeah, thank you for joining once again, and thank you for listening, everybody. Uh, that's that's the end of our 2022 draft forecast. If you would like to let us know what you think to the 2022 forecast and whether you think our choices are right, maybe you agree with one of us over over the other. Maybe we should just. You know, replace me with Rohan because of his fantastic <laughs> font of knowledge. Then, please do let us know and and uh, get in touch. We're we're over on Instagram and and Facebook as well. So so feel free to to drop us a message. Uh, would would love to hear what you think. Finally, any parting words from anybody? Any 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 last nuggets of wisdom? No,
2: no, just again. Thanks for thanks everyone for listening. Uh, we're really enjoying it. Uh, can't wait for
0: more episodes, and uh, yeah, we'll see you on the next one. Fantastic. Thank you very much. And we'll see you next time.